the support. And that's important. You know, when you're pouring out, we need to be, you know, you have to be poured into as well. And again, prison focus, our main focus is to lift up the voices for those behind the wall, right? Because when you're when you're placed in that system, you just feel cut off from everything. You feel cut off from everything. You feel unimportant sometimes. They try to demonize you, make you feel unworthy, unapart of society. So here at Pro Prison Focus, we dedicate ourselves to this hour to lift up, to lift those voices up, to allow them to be heard, to inform you guys, to help to build knowledge, and to help. Um, to help you guys to learn on how we can come together and support this movement and end mass incarceration. You know, I believe that we can do it. So we're going to go for a music break. And when we come back, we have a great show for you today. We have Tara Lawyer from Impact Justice, and she's going to be coming on the show today with, of course, New Bay. And we're going to be talking about her new home, uh, Impact Justice, new homecoming project, which is a fabulous program that I can't wait to tell you guys about. about. All right. See you guys in a second. Sound. 
punish me with brutality. Come on, talk to me. You can't see what's going on. everybody welcome back so let's see let's get our guests on the line Tara Nube are you there I'm here hi hi Nube how are you hello hello good morning everyone good morning to our listeners out there and um, our cage community members behind the wall good morning and yes we do have Tara here on the line so happy to be here thank you for the invite Hi, Tara. Thank you for coming. You are doing some fabulous work. Thank you for taking. I know you're super busy and we just really, really appreciate you taking the time out to um, tell the listeners about more about your program. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, yeah. So can you tell everybody uh, the org that you represent and the program? Yeah, absolutely. I represent Impact Justice, headquartered out of Oakland. It's a national innovation and research organization. And I am the project coordinator over the Homecoming Project, which is another innovative project that's addressing a much-needed problem in our communities where we are housing individuals coming home from long-term prison sentences into community host homes. So you think about Airbnb, it's similar to that, but for individuals that are coming home. And they have housing up to six months living in a community host home, which Impact Justice covers their costs for living in that home for up to six months. Wow, Tara. So can you tell the um, listeners why a program like this is so much needed, why it's necessary? Yeah, absolutely. People are coming home from prison every day. And we know that in this San Francisco Bay Area, housing is already at an all-time crisis state, you know, when it comes to affordable housing. So an individual that's starting over and starting with absolutely nothing needs a little bit of support so that they can stabilize post-release and get their best second chance possible underway. So we're really focused on doing what we can to set their trajectory high for success. And what we found is that individuals that do not have to worry about where they will sleep at at night can focus on the meaningful things such as securing employment, um, getting a higher education, reuniting with their family, reintegrating back into society within the challenges that are already present within our navigation systems and so on. Um, We focus on individuals that have served over 10 years in custody 
they have unique needs. The world has changed so much in 10 years' time, and we're able to not put them into a transitional housing program, which is very structurized and kind of can seem very institutional. Um, We're putting them into the community where they're actually back into their natural habitat and living among an individual that has been out in the community living their lives um, successfully. So them being able to see what it's like firsthand, you know, somebody getting up in the morning, going to work, coming home, grocery shopping, cleaning, and doing all those day-to-day tasks, that's the best way to incorporate modern, up-to-date life skills um, after long terms of being away. Absolutely. So, Tara, so I want to tell the listeners that I am actually a participant of this program. And I, let me tell you, um, okay, so first let me just kind of paint the picture of how I was just ready to start my new beginning, you know, prior to coming out. I think that when a person is down, um, the day that you just think about every single day, the thing that, I'm going to speak for myself, the one thing that kept me going was thinking about release. Like, what am I going to do? Like, all my aspirations and my goals and just wanting to start my new life and use the things that I've learned and worked on to be a better me and just, you know, be come out here and just to be a productive citizen and, you know, just start my new life. And so, um, but no one told me. It wasn't until uh, my third day into the um, transitional home where I realized when I was just hearing everyone talking about how expensive the housing was out here. And I just remember thinking like, oh my geez, I have $80 to my name, I have two outfits, I'm still looking for employment, like I only have four months in this halfway house, what am I gonna do? And I remember like just feeling a little suffocated and um, I started feeling down. I've always considered myself super strong and ambitious. And I remember like those just fearful thoughts, almost like, um, like, I mean, they were just, they were just weighing me down. And I was just thinking for a moment, like, how am I going to do this? And um, I remember meeting you, Tara, when I was, uh, that was at the beginning stages of me working at legal services for prisons with children. And we had that housing um, panel and when I learned about you all's program, it was just like, just being in that program was just like a savior for me. So my host is actually, um, uh, she's one of the lawyers that I work with. And just like you said, from being able to, from living in the halfway house and still being like, told what to do, when to get up, and just being in this, you, you, you still don't, you, you don't feel like you, it's a, just another part of prison almost. You still feel like you don't feel all the way free. And I remember my first night when I was able to, um, when Sabina became my host, and I woke up in my room for the first time. I will never forget that feeling. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. And it's, it's individuals just like yourself that we are trying to show is, is, you know, in need of having this stable housing so that they can focus on what matters. Even in, in a transitional housing program, and I'm speaking from experience as a formerly incarcerated woman who served 15 years, came home 
And that was my biggest obstacle was being able to reintegrate in a program within the confines and the parameters that was imposed on me through the transitional housing program. I mean, just for a slight example, you know, I was able to see my mother and father more in prison than I was in the transitional housing program just because of the way the schedule was and what visiting days were allowed and what visiting hours were allowed. And so aside from not feeling like I was um, back in the community, I wasn't able to really reintegrate um, through finding employment until after a certain amount of time, three months, in fact. And so I had to put, you know, let down or decline a lot of job offers that I was offered because the transitional housing program didn't allow me to. Um, Another example is I was able to get my driver's license renewed two weeks after I came home, and yet I wasn't able to have a car and use transportations for the entire six, seven months I was at the program. And so it's these type of obstacles that is really hindering individuals at getting that hands-on experience of what life is like out here that we are now being able to incorporate through the homecoming project. Individuals are kind of able to set their own pace and find their rhythm in life um, out here through the homecoming project because you're actually being able to set your own schedule. You work with your community navigator on your individual reentry plan, and this is helping you really map out measurable goals that you can reach and and meet in a timely manner and then connecting each one of our participants including yourself to all of our service providers and the community organizations that specialize in reentry population services so that you can really meet your individualized needs i don't think anyone really realizes one thing there's no cookie cutter approach to reentry uh-huh. each person comes home with their own very unique set of circumstances and there's not one individual that has an, one thing in common, except that they were formerly incarcerated. So how are we able to look at this particular area in our community, the reentry population coming home, in a way that is humane and also keeps the community safe? And so we're doing everything that we can to increase, you know, the safety in our communities because we're getting individuals that are dead set on hitting the ground and run towards their, you know, success. And it's just, it's, it's every day, it's a joy to get up and represent a community that I live in, that I, that I am from, and to be able to serve in such a way that is, is rewarding. Absolutely. Tara, Tara, this is Nube, and I had a, so I had a question. This just sounds, this is such a positive um project that you're doing and of course um it manifests right here with london as we can as we've heard and so i wanted to ask because it um i one of the things that i really appreciate is that that you're recognizing their humanity right this is what it's about it's about treating people with in their full humanity these are adult people that have that have gone through something and like you said they want to hit the ground running and, and and reach their goals how what does it look like for us out here, like who are the people that are being that they're being matched up with? How how does the average? Yeah, how does it work? How does the homecoming project work? How do you match them up with people? What does that look like for us? Like, if I wanted to to be a part of this, what would that look like? Yeah, so I think that that's where we become very unique. Um, uh, I think it's important to note that all of our hosts are 
wonderful individuals with their own, you know, ideals and belief systems that vary. Um, there isn't one, you know, stagnant uh, standard that each one of them hold except a social value to give back. Um, they come from, you know, faith-based communities. They have been involved in prison organizations, maybe social justice groups, maybe college students. Um, we have a wide array. We have families, we have ministers, we have couples that are hosting individuals, all arrays of race, age, um, you know, just a, a wide array of backgrounds. But I think uh, another component that makes this really special is that the host and the participant are choosing one another. So if a host wanted to house somebody, they would submit an application, which is available on our website at impactjustice.org. Um, I receive the application. I make sure that it's, um, they meet eligible criteria, which is making sure that they have a room that's furnished that is in their home. They're either the homeowner or the homeowner is approving the renter to house someone. Um, then what we do is we inspect the home to make sure that it meets all HUD standards as far as being uh, having livability. And also, then what we do from that point is we orientate the host on the reentry population, parole conditions, what is it like dealing with this population. Um, and then at that point, we're able to begin sharing participant applications with that host. The participant application entails a lot of different details, just some customary uh, information about who they are, uh, and then it gets a little bit deeper into their personality traits, lifestyle preferences, goals, and things that they want to do when they come home. That uh, host is then able to kind of look over these applications and decide who it is that they want to meet based upon their criteria. Oh, this person is, you know, into, you know, they, they want to work in the, um, you know, electricity field um, as an electrician. I am, you know, I happen to be in that field as well. We probably would have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, and so they might say, I want to meet this individual we will coordinate either by phone if the participant is still in custody or in person if the participant is in transitional housing or out in the community. Um, once they meet each other and they talk about house rules, what it would be like to living in the home, what some of their goals are, just that, that really nice get-to-know-you time. Um, then I get a call from both parties, the participant and the host, letting me know whether or not they think it would be a good fit. If it is a good fit, we get both participants in, they sign official documentation, keys are handed over to the participant, and six months down the line, we're monitoring, there's ongoing trainings, there's ongoing support and connection to services in the community so that we can make this housing arrangement as harmonious as possible while the participant is getting all their needs met so that they can successfully transition back into the community. Boom. <laughs> wow. That. <laughs> I mean, it's just an amazing, honestly, I just love it because, you know, so beautiful. I mean, I just, I just commend this program so much because for one, to be living proof of someone that's currently still in the program and, you know, um, being able to tell what the actual, you know, the benefits are and, um, just everything that Tara's saying, like just aligning, like say for instance with my host Sabina, I you know she also has a daughter, 
Um, and it is just so like we it just meshes like they just make me feel so welcome. I'm so appreciative. I, you know, I take care of the home like it's my home. And I remember Sabina asking me like um, maybe about two weeks after I moved in with her and she we just sat on the couch and we were watching a movie together and she looked at me and she said, how do you feel? And I just thought about it for a moment. I was like, how do I feel? And I looked at her and just simply saying, but deeply said, is like, I feel like a woman. Like being able to wake up in my in a space that's mine, being able to take a shower without shower shoes, being able to cook my own meal, being able to uh, have that security of knowing where I'm going to sleep at night. It makes me feel super ambitious. It makes me, it helps, it gives me confidence. It makes me want to do better. It makes me want to strive harder. And um, Tara, this is just an amazing program. I just need the view, I need the listeners to just know that this is just such an amazing program. I, I, I get blown away every day that I come to work and I wake up really excited about what the next day will bring. Um, don't get me wrong. We have, you know, we're, we're doing a pilot program. So really trying to scale this project and serve more people is, you know, our all call to individuals out in the community that have rooms available in their home that is just, you know, standing there empty this is a great time and a, a great way to put that room to use, to put your community um, efforts in the positive direction. And, you know, I think that it, it goes without saying that all of our participants and all of our hosts are grateful that they participated. We have, you know, five completions to date, um, individuals that have completed their six months with us, two of which have gone on to um, living in their own apartments. And then three of the individuals have built such an incredible relationship with their host that they opted to stay living with their host and going on their own terms, um, you know, with rental agreements and things of that nature so that they're able to continue in stride. Um, It's it just, it blows my mind. It, it, so... Me being able to see it every day, to know what it felt like to be on the other end is what helps me inform the work that I do. Uh, and then, you know, just making sure that, you know, we're, we're recruiting hosts that are, you know, um, positive representatives in our community is some of the best ways that we are addressing the reentry population's needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. I also would, um, I really do want to emphasize how important this program um, is and um, and congratulations to um, that uh, you have five participants um, that can tell their stories, including London. And I, I hope the listeners really hear you saying how important this really is to, to building our communities this is the kind of thing that makes our communities safer. This is what these are the kinds of programs that allow people to thrive. That that again, speaking to people's humanity, these are um, mothers and daughters and sisters and um, uh, 
brothers and uncles. These are people, and providing an opportunity to encourage the best in them, these are the things that that build our communities, make them safe, make them um give people the opportunity to thrive and dream. And and this is what not only it makes our safety is just one part. This is what makes our communities thrive and um and build and just make a better place for everyone. And it and it requires all of us. Um and I really commend you, uh Tara, for for uh um not only Impact Justice, but the homecoming program as well, um, because it helps to shape, um, shift the narrative as well. You know, listening to you, London, talk about how it just sounds like you had an environment where someone was cared about how you felt. Um, it was set, created an environment where you felt encouraged to be at your best self, treated you like an adult human being, where you felt like a woman. Um, and so I really, Tara, I would love for you to say again, um, really appeal to um, our listeners out there to, to consider what your situation is and if you might be in a position to participate in this program and what they need to do to make that, to, to at least look into it and start that dialogue. Absolutely. I mean, I always promote the homecoming project i don't i don't even think i i think about it i wherever i'm at engaging in a conversation with a stranger it always comes up perhaps that's just because it's my purpose in life at this point <laughs> and i i think when you have that conversation when it's a one-on-one or when it's a small group discussion you're able to really get to the heart of the issue which is you know so many people out in the community either know someone that has been incarcerated or they have been incarcerated themselves. And so the impact that this mass incarceration has had on our communities is a ripple effect that it falls on the community essentially when people are coming home. This is an incredible program to have people step up in a way that allows the, the, the negative effects of the mass incarceration crisis to get reversed. Mm-hmm. Um, the money that goes into the reentry population is so much, and yet we're not seeing the services get tailored towards success as much as we know it can, as much as the studies show us. Mm-hmm. And if you think about the homecoming project, the funding that goes into this project doesn't go to some large government department, it goes right back into the community. So we're stimulating the economy that is being harmed in the first place behind the impact of of mass incarceration. And so, go ahead. Sorry. No, so go. Sorry. I I just wanted to make sure that you mentioned what children, what happens? um, Can you please say something about um, women that are returning that have children? Absolutely. So, um, Oftentimes, we're, we haven't experienced an individual that has came home with children, but we do have host families and um, host hosts, community hosts, that would be willing to either, you know, allow a lot of visiting, um, overnight stays, and things along those lines. So it's all about the match. It's all about making sure that the host, not only their home, but, you know, their own preferences and their lifestyle will match the participants. And that's where I think we set ourselves apart is someone who signs up for the homecoming project 
isn't obligated to take anyone. They're, they're taking in who they feel they'll be compatible with. And so that kind of empowers people to say, oh, my God, I have choices in this process. Yeah. And I have the ability to kind of see what best works for me. And I think that a lot of people don't see it that way when it comes to transitional housing programs or other things of that. And this is a really honorable housing program, right? We're talking about individuals that are dead set on finding employment, getting a higher education, being involved in their community. They want to see themselves be um, included in their community. And that's something that we're seeing more of in the opposite way, that community division. And this is a great way to kind of create uh, and break down the walls between different groups and diverse groups and things of that nature um, by doing this program. All right. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we have a few more questions that we would um, like to ask Tara. Tara, are you available for a few more questions? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Okay, great. We'll be back in one second, folks. Shine in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me, yeah, it's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me, ooh, 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 ooh. and I'm feeling good. Fly out in the sun, you know what I mean, don't you know? Butterflies all having fun, you know what I mean? Sleep in peace when day is done, that's what I mean. And this old world is a new world and a bold world for me. shine, you know how I feel, scent of the pine, you know how I feel, oh, freedom is mine, and I know how I feel, it's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new
right, everyone, we are back, KPOO, San Francisco, and that was Nina Simone feeling good. Ladies, you still there? Yes, still here. <laughs> we are here. Hey. hey. Yes. Okay. Wow, so go, go ahead. ahead. New Bay. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay. Now, I would really so, like for the um, listeners to, you know, we can like wean out any questions that maybe a host would have. I think that would be great because one thing that I just love about the programs, too, is that um, once you sign up for the program, they don't it's not like you're in and they just leave you alone and they say, OK, good luck for the next six months. They are actually there with you the entire way. So myself, I have um, someone from the Homecoming Project, almost like a mentor. He's been so awesome. Like he checks up on me. He helps me get resources. Um, he inspires me just to, you know, um, to check to see if everything is good in the living situation. And also Tara as well, and as well as the other staff. So um, I just love how you know, someone, me entering into the program, I feel like I'm supported on, on, on many different levels. And as well as Sabina, Sabina, um, some nights she goes when Impact Justice has different programs, this, um, especially for the hosts. And um, I'm going to say that I love Sabina. What I love, one of the things I love about her, she's super opinionated and she's super real. And um, so she doesn't care for something she's going to tell you. And she always comes back from whatever um, the impact justice has for the host to do. And she talks about how she just enjoyed it and how they just focused on self-care and self-love that day. And it was very informative and she learned. So it was just an awesome thing that um, the involvement that the program has with the participant and the host throughout the, you know, um, duration of the program. Yeah, I think that it's important to keep um, individuals engaged, to keep them educated, to keep them connected to all individuals that are involved. So we bring in guest speakers, we bring in, you know, doctors and professors that speak on certain topics, uh, whether it's reentry, adjustment, conflict resolution. Um, and these trainings are just to help not only the host become a better host, but also to help them in their own personal lives because, you know, this is a very personalized, intimate program where you're bringing someone into your home. And so continuing with the education in that aspect and then also continuing um, doing the education for the participants, teaching them how to do budgeting and financing and learning life skills, um, securing long-term housing solutions. These are all part of our efforts at pushing things in the right direction, and it's just up, not down, right? Um, and I think it's very directional in that respect, that we're going one way, and that's progressing. Awesome. That is fantastic. It's that, that was going to be my question, was what the support system looked like. And, God, that is just so necessary. And this is really, I mean, I, I hope I've, uh, all kinds of people are listening because this is really a model for, this is just a model for living, right? How we are engaging and interacting, not only with each other, but for ourselves um, and how we are bettering ourselves um, to be the, the best that we can be and how we can, how we are engaging with one another and empowering one another. This is fantastic. So Tara, please again, what, um, 
you know, what are what are some last uh, messages that you want to send out to the listening community? Um, again, um, how they can get in touch with you, what the first steps look like uh, for people who are even slightly involved. I mean, um, you know, interested. What what are the last things that you would like to tell the the listening audience? Yeah, I would just say that, you know, um, our homelessness crisis is very real. Um, You can't walk, you know, a block out onto any street in San Francisco or even in the Bay Area, Oakland specifically, and not see a, you know, a homeless encampment. And individuals coming home from prison are 10 times more likely to become homeless because it's difficult to secure housing and employment and all the different obstacles at navigating our system with a criminal record. Um, this is definitely a way that you can get involved. Um, it's an asset that you already have in place, your home. Um, you'll be supported with our team. You'll be, you know, supported with a stipend, a monthly stipend. And um, it's just a great way to give back and also a great way to um, help, indivi- help an individual get on their feet. So anyone that's interested, they can always go to our website at impactjustice.org and learn more about the Homecoming Project underneath the Innovations tab. And um, even if they're interested in filling out an application, they can do so as well. Um, Or they can email us at homecomingproject at impactjustice.org. That is fantastic. And I am just going to say, (laughs) yes, if you're listening out there, please, please consider this. Um, I'm assuming, Tara, I just want to ask one last thing, Lyndon, and then I promise you'll get (laughs) your last question in. I'm an apartment dweller, Mm -hmm. and I am am in a one-bedroom apartment. Um, Mm -hmm. I would be willing to give up my one-bedroom and and sleep in the living room. Is that that even a possibility, just to, just to know? That could be a possibility. We would have to look at your application, look at the circumstances, bring it before the team, and then we may make a determination. Fantastic. Okay, I just want to put that out there for the listening audience that it's a possibility. It may not work, but it's a possibility. So please listen up to this amazing program. Okay, London. <laughs> oh, no, I just want to know. I think these... Um, I think that is really important to ask these questions. You know, that's how we create change. That's how we create, you know, because sometimes people have, you know, um, they might want to do it, but they might have some, you know, something going on that makes them not want to actually go and, you know, see it through and do the application. So I think that um, Anubi, I just appreciate your questions because hopefully, you know, some people that perhaps were thinking about it or, you know, like you said, just a thought that maybe this will urge them to say, okay, well, maybe I can give this a shot, at least start the application process, at least to um, see who my matches would be, to at least, you know, to start to see if I'm even qualified to be a host, you know, um, because it's so very much needed. I just want to tell the viewers, like, I was just talking to someone the other day who was currently in a transitional home and um, who cannot find a place to stay. So people don't know that, um, you know, just like Tara was saying, that everybody knows the housing crisis that's uh, within the Bay Area. And so what happens is the same thing with um, 
people who run out of time in the halfway house and these transitional homes, they uh, it's left up to them. They're still on probation. They still have to check in and do this and the other. But some of them are living in the streets. Some of them are living in the shelter because they can't find housing and they still have to report to their PO and their and um, their POs know that they are homeless and everything. But the um, resources are very scarce. So it's not much that's um, they're not getting any help. So I was just talking to someone the other day who's been at the halfway house for, which is a transitional home, um, for a while now. And he has an amazing job. He's done 12 years, is trying to go to school and um, doing all these things. Just really humble, nice individual and um, cannot find just, is just having to go through one hurdle after the next and cannot find um a place to stay and it was just you know it was just sad seeing him the other day because I know that I'm just so blessed to be you know to have found a host that was willing to take me in and um just looking at him and just trying so hard but now just seeing that you know you can see it when someone starts to lose that hope you know when they start feeling defeat you know you can see it plastered all over their face and that's what I feel like I was able to see in him. So I hope that this interview has um, inspired some of our listeners to take the first step and just go to impactjustice.org and click on the application process. Just just give it a shot, you know? Give it a shot. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, these are our community members. They are our returning community members, and we are the community that can be welcoming welcoming them to their best space. Tara, thank you so much um, for for what you're doing. Um, it's uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yes, Tara. Thank you, thank so you for being on here today. I appreciate you guys letting me share and um, just giving a. a of space for us to have these conversations about what's happening in our communities and how we can actively get involved in, in making great solutions possible. All right, Tara. So there you go. You have Tara lawyer from impact justice, the homecoming project. Thank you, Tara. Thank y'all so much. Have a wonderful night. You too. Thanks. You too. Thank you. All right, new Bay. Wow. (laughs) So, that was incredible. And thank you to London for sharing your, um, your story about how this is affecting you. This is, this is a, you know, this is really part of what I consider to be the human rights crisis that is taking place. Um, all the, the, the vestiges of this prison industrial complex um, that is codified by the exception clause of the 13th Amendment, which I will read once again, which is neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. People are um, being criminalized for being poor, um, all different kinds of things. And when when you are there's so many obstacles and we as uh, when people are returning home and it is really important that we are all working together and as Terry even said too I mean we really 
um, providing this platform, um, providing the platform that provides a platform for people to have their humanity recognized, to give them an opportunity to be encouraged to be their best self is the best thing that we can do as community members. So I want to continue with the, with the, um, bringing the voices out, um, of people that are behind the walls, people that are coming out. These are our community members and we need to embrace them. I want to read this one thing and then, um, Dear Prison Focus and Advocate Supporters, I write to you and all who continue to lend your support to those of us who find ourselves trapped behind these prison walls. I am someone who is really being impacted by the criminal justice system, and I fight daily for my freedom and for the chance to someday be back home with my family and loved ones. I express this with the hope that you fully and truly understand that this is not a game. My fight for freedom, prison reform, and criminal justice reform is a serious issue affecting hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of African-American men and women who are stuck in prison with no readily available resources for relief. So I appeal to you to inform yourself about the issues and the plight of the people who are being affected by these draconian laws. I ask you to put your heartfelt thoughts and efforts to good use that can possibly help not one or two of us, but many. California Prison Focus has a voice, and it's a delight that they have chosen to use it for a cause that is worthwhile. Without this work, it's the sisters and brothers who are lingering within the prison confines that will suffer long term. I humbly ask you to lend your voice and to lobby our state representatives to enact comprehensive prison reform, state and federal. You have a huge platform from which to launch. Use it wisely, and thank you for caring. Sincerely, Barry Woods. I don't know what issue this came from, but I do encourage you to go also to prisons.org and read um, our past newsletters and our current issue, number 58, Educate Yourself. And please, next Wednesday, come to our Liberate the Caged Voices from 7 to 9 on May 22nd at the Octopus Literary Salon in Oakland. You can find out more information on our website, on our calendar, again, at prisons.org. This is where we, again, uplift the voices of those who are normally silenced in this just this noisy environment where their voices are not being heard, but you can hear them also here at KPOO during our time here together. Yes, I'm so, so excited, yes, New Bay, because let me tell you, I got scared because I thought that Liberate the Cage Voices was tonight, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so I am I just exhaled, exhaled, exhaled a little bit when you just said that it's going to be um, next Wednesday. Perfect. I will be there. Great. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Yes, May 22nd, Liberate the Cage Voices. Invite your friends and family. It's a wonderful interactive event where we read the letters and the poetry in the commentary, um, and we have speakers um, like London. Um, we have other speakers, p- people like Tara Lawyer sometimes come through, and we'll speak about issues that you don't normally hear, and we bring voice to those that normally don't have a voice. So I'm glad that you're excited. It's next week. <laughs> I am excited. So, yes, I really, okay, ha- again, had a good time. On. Yeah, so the reason yeah, why okay. I thought I wasn't going to be able to make it tonight, because all of us are none. Um, we have our monthly meeting, which is going to be tonight at 630 at 4400 Market Street. So that's at the Freedom and Movement Center, 
again, all of us or none, is having our um, monthly meeting tonight at 6.30 at the Freedom and Movement Center, and that's 4400 Market Street. So anyone that is available who wants to come, we're having a great conversation tonight. I'm really excited. I don't want to even spoil it, but... Um, we we just we just have not even I'm not going to say that like not like a spoiler and everything but what I appreciate about these meetings is that we have very um, in depth conversations with one another and which which comes in which grows out of that is understanding hearing other different perspectives and we're in an environment where we respect one another's opinion and that camaraderie and we just appreciate it and we learn from one another we support one another so i just encourage that anyone that's available to come to tonight's meeting you know um, again, so I'm a, a 2019 Elder Freeman Policy Fellow at Legal Services for Prisoners with Children, All of Us or None. And I just appreciate this organization because, for one, the staff is 70 percent of us are formerly incarcerated. So this is the place that gave me my job when I first got out and they welcomed me in um, and give me gave me a living paying wage job so that I can um, support myself and not even more importantly than that um, as well is that they are teaching me I'm learning about policy which is the way to um, create real change you know so we have to fight these laws because um, we want to hold people accountable these laws are what stops um, which is the start, the beginning process of helping people get out, you know. People um, yes. come out, you know, when different laws pass, it brings our brothers and sisters out. And when we oppose these um, certain laws, it stops them from um, um, over-sentencing even more because, you know, California has the uh, is one of the states that has some of the most enhancements, okay? So, right. right, and if you don't know about them and what's going on, they just put, they're able to pass another one through, and then you don't even know about it till you're being affected by, affected by it. So we believe in pushing the mo movement with our voice, with our experience. So again, May 20th, uh, which is this Monday, I will be in Sacramento at the state capitol for Quest for Democracy. So that's when all of us are done, legal services for prisoners with children, we host, we have, um, bus people in from all over the state of California and we go, all go to Sacramento and um, we let our voices be heard. We're, we are, we're there in numbers. We're supporting one another. So some people go in and do legislative visits. Um, some people um, do their calls. They call their legislators and some people text their, um, we do phone banking as well. And so this is this is all new to me, folks, you know, so when we get out there, we you're around a loving, supportive community where we teach one another. We 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 inform one another. And that's what it is, because lack of knowledge is ignorance. And so we, what we do is we empower one another because when we know better, we can do better. And so that's where the name All of Us or None comes from. And so I just encourage anybody that's available to come out. If you want to know how to get involved and to support these movements, that's what you do. You know, ACA 6, I will always keep on talking about that until they pass it. ACA 6 is um, where we're saying that it will give the um, those that are on parole the right to vote. Okay, because they're Absolutely. not. Right, because they're not actually, you. We, we, I was, I had to get, um, 
somebody informed me and helped me and they said sister because I was saying returning citizens and they said sis how can you call them a returning citizen if they can't even vote what makes them a citizen <clears throat> and I said you know exactly. and I appreciate like I appreciate those things because again when you teach me when I know better I I can do better I remain teachable and so what we're saying is that, hey, they have to pay taxes. They, you want them to abide by the law, but you're not allowing them to vote? Uh-uh. So ACA 6, we need you everybody to support that. How can you support it? Is you call your legislator, you call your assembly member, and you tell them, hey, I support ACA 6. You can come down to um, tonight's meeting, and you can get more information on what you can do to help. Also, we are having the homecoming event, which is that I am helping to host, organize. Um, that is May 31st at the Freedom and Movement Center, again, 4400 Market Street. And what we're doing is we're having a party. We're having a full-blown-out party. We're going to have food. We're going to have just laughter, community involvement. And we are inviting anyone, all of our returning folks, to come out and we just want to celebrate you. We want to embrace you and back into this community. We want you to know that we care. We are happy that you're here, that you're here, and we want to get to know you. We want to support you in any way we can. So anyone that can hear me, please, if you uh, we are, if you want to go to uh, prisonerswithchildren.org to give a donation, if you want to come out and meet these folks and if or if you know someone that is coming back into our community um tell them to come we want to embrace them because when you are put behind those walls automatically the way is set up they make you feel less than you're not below them you're way below them okay so i remember uh, my time during incarceration when we used to talk about um it's crazy. It was like we were living in this whole other bubble because every time we referred to something outside of those prisons walls, we referred to it as um, the real world. You know, when I get back to the real world, uh, I'm going to do this. Right. Because, oh, you know, in the real world, they do this. You know, you know what I'm talking about in the real world. And so in the real world, in the real <laughs> world. Right. And so that's how a lot that's how we refer to it. And so <laughs> when you know, that's like a whole mental thing. So what happens is sometimes when you're reintegrating back into society, it's that sometimes that process of you still feel apart. You don't feel like you belong. So we want to and we're having this homecoming event because we want everybody to know that, yes, you belong. Brother, sister, we are oh. happy that you are here. Yes, Nube. Right, and can I just one just because the other the the, the other side of it is us that, that apparently are in the in the real world, right? Mm -hmm. We it's our responsibility too. We want to get to know you. There, you you're our part. You're our community members. Right. You're just returning. You've always been our community members, and we need to make sure that we are keeping that communic that we are keeping that dialogue going. That we are that we are continuing to learn from and get to know one another. You've been gone for a while. We do, and we, it's up to us as community members also to welcome you back and be open to, to getting to know you again as well, because we're all now in the real world, right? That's right. right? Okay. So, yes. So, so come and welcome. Come yes. Out. Come out and, and welcome May 31st. May right. And also, and then going back to, to go to May 20th, come and, yes. and, and and be with y'all. Be with us in um, 
at the Quest for Democracy. Subscribe to the Prison Focus newspaper as well, because you will hear the voices there. Um, make donations to California Prison Focus and LSPC, and um, which all of us are none as a part of. These are ways that pe- please get involved. We are the community member community members out here. All of you listening, please join us, commune with us. Yes. And um, this is a great thing that you're doing, London, on May 31st to welcome those home. And um, this is a team. This is a team effort. Remember, this is a community effort. So shout outs to all the restaurants and the barbershops and the hair salons who are just saying, hey, you know what? I can give two returning folks um, two free hairdos, two free haircuts, two free meals. And we just appreciate that. Things like that go a long way. But Fantastic. all right, folks, that's the end of our show. I hope to see you at Liberate the Cage Voices. I hope to see you at Quest for Democracy. And I hope to see you at the um, Welcome Home Celebration. Remember, you can always reach us. And we look forward to hearing, um, talking to you guys next week. Have a good one. Have a great one. Great to be with you again, London. Thank you. You too, newbie, as always. Uh, okay. Bye-bye, folks. Have a good week. Talking with my mind